What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Standouts. Myself, Caleb Skinner. You can follow me at CHSNOL right down there next to my name on Twitter. My co-host here with me tonight is Sam. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. You know, it's been a ride doing these positional breakdowns. And, you know, we're at the home stretch. We're at the last one going through the safeties. Deep secondary class. So there's some nice safeties, perhaps some gems um, that I'm excited to go through. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And like Sam said, we are going to be going over our safety prospects tonight. So NFL draft safety prospect. But before we go ahead and jump into all this tonight, guys, look down there at the ticker. We've got all of our sponsors running down there. Head over to mybookie.ag if you're a gambling man like myself or a gambling woman. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit. Guys, you have the minimum deposit of $45 and they might have upped it to $50. But if you deposit $50, you get $50 of free play from mybookie. That's mybookie.ag and use code USN100 and get all your gambling needs. Baseball is going on. NFL is or NFL is not getting in their way. Excuse me. That's far away. But we're getting ready for the draft. So, you know, there's going to be props and stuff for the draft going on as well that everybody's going to be trying to, you know, bet on and stuff like that. Also, head over to rxhemp.com. Use code rxhemp-usn for 10% off every single one of your purchases. It's a hot and cold, all-natural CBD pain relief cream, guys. It doesn't have any of the THC from the marijuana plant, just the CBD um, it's great stuff. Hot and cold effects, like I mentioned earlier, good for you know any achy joints, any achy muscles. If you're you know an avid work, you get go to the gym very avidly, or you know you're a runner or anything like that. It, it works for all of those things. So head over to rxhemp.com. Use code rxhemp-usn for ten percent off every single purchase. Also, guys, head over to our shop at teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped, and you'll have all of your unwrapped merchandise and apparel there, guys. You have shirts, you have stickers, you have um a bag of some sort i don't really remember what perry called it but it's like a fanny pack type deal or like a cross shoulder apparently it's a cool thing out in la you know we'll let perry perry speak on that one later on our show um called uh keeping it blunt after this um but yeah head over to this the shop you can find saturday standout scare there as well it's teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrap and at the end of the show i'm gonna give you guys a quick breakdown about our patreon so make sure you stay tuned in for the end of the show to be able to join our patreon support our network and get some awesome, awesome exclusive stuff that come along with those levels. Um, but without further ado, Sam, let's go ahead and jump into these NFL safeties for the 2021 NFL draft. It's um, a pretty loaded class, like you had mentioned before. And we're going to start off with probably the guy who had the most illustrious you know, career in college and is viewed overall as the number one overall safety in this draft. And that's Trevon Morig, safety out of TCU. Yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to be talking about both of them. You know, we'll get to Adarius Washington later in the show. Um, you know, these TCU D-backs have been, you know, lights out um, throughout the season, um, you know, throughout their careers as a Horn Frog. And, you know, Trayvon Morig had, you know, an unlimited COVID season, unfortunately, um, for the Big 12 and Power 5 or college football. He still put up 47 total tackles, 30 total or 30 solo or 47 total, 30 solo and two interceptions in like a limited season. What was it? Eight, 10 games. I can't remember. Mm. Yeah. And that's his second best season because I think he had over, he, I believe he had over 60 tackles um, the year before in 2019. Um, so this is a guy that, you know, as, as soon as he stepped foot on T, at the TCU field, he has screamed consistency and, you know, he's going to have a very promising career. And I think if there's any safety that's deserving of being in the first round, it's absolutely Trayvon Morag. It's absolutely he's he's the one safety that everybody talks about being drafted in the first round. He's got that grade across the board, no matter who you talk to. NFL scout wise, 
you mentioned it. He's, he's overall just a really good safety. Ever since he stepped on campus at TCU, he got playing time, ended up, you know, starting towards the end of his freshman year. And then, you know, obviously a sophomore campaign where he came out and showed the world what he was about and why there's so much hype, you know, coming into this year for him. He didn't have quite the same year that he had, you know, his sophomore year that he, that he did. But I mean, he still had a, a pretty decent season, like you were naming his stats and everything. And he was able to win the Thorpe award this past year, probably not, you know, the best defensive back in all, all of the nation or anything this past season. But you look at his overall, overall <laughs> career arc and in, in the collegiate level of football, and he is right there. Um, the only question marks really have for him is he's not really a hard hitter, but he is a playmaker. So you, you trade one for the other sometimes in that aspect of things. He's always around the ball. He's going to put up all kinds of numbers. He's going to be that stat stuffer on the defense side of the ball. Your quarterback, if you will, back there, that type of safety plays more freely than he does strong because he is a good tackler, but he's not, you don't want him, you know, coming up tackling the ball because he's not the biggest guy. He, he's got a nice lean frame to him. He'll be able to bulk up a little bit once he gets to the NFL, but um, you know, he's more of that free safety, put him in space, you know, with a wide receiver or something like that, or help over the top. And he's going to be able to make those huge plays that you want out of a safety. Um, so that's why Trevon Morig, you know, is overall probably everybody's number one safety that's going out. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, you kind of – I don't want to repeat myself here. You mentioned he's not as physical, has the absolute elite prototypical size. Well, he can, he can play physical. He can play physical with wide receivers. He's just not – Right. It, I guess the big thing is, is, like, his consistency with it and, like, staying physical. And, you know, I think other things that people have said as well, um, you know, his ability to keep up with receivers and his balance and his footwork. Um, but – you know, that comes with time and, you know, his his stats and his talent have absolutely proven himself to be, you know, worthy of being selected in the first round. I think I had I had made a mock draft with one of my good friends um, a few weeks ago. I was telling you about this. I put uh, I put Trayvon Morgan to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they've got Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, um, you know, as their cornerback duos for the future, both who, the, who both whom who they had just recently paid throughout the past few seasons. Um, but, you know, they don't have a true safety. Um, and, you know, they have Chuck Clark, and I can't remember if he's even on the team anymore. Um, I know Earl Thomas was cut. Um, you know, they, him and you know, him and Chuck Clark got in a scuffle. You know, throughout the, or I think it was, I think it was right before Week One had started, or um, just the beginning, and Earl, Chom Earl Thomas had got cut. So, um, so uh, you bring Trayvon Morgan, that is going to be a very, very scary secondary. Yeah, it's a nice fit. I agree with you there, Sam. Um, but we're going to keep things moving here. And we're not going in particular, you know, any particular order here with these safeties because it's a very deep class. And after Trevon Milrig, you can kind of place anybody within these next couple groups of, of players or anything like that. So um, we'll head into a conference that, not you know, it's not part of, or I guess it's not part of Power Five. But, um, you know, UCF, Richie Grant. Their defense of secondary wasn't all that great last year, but they've had good secondaries in the past. Um, but Richie Grant standing at six foot, one ninety seven, out of Orlando, Florida. What are your thoughts on on Richie? Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, this is a guy that really, really produced at the Senior Bowl, and I think that's mm -hmm. one of the the big events, the showcases where you know he really, really flew up the boards. And I feel like I, I feel like we could see him as early, you know, as mid second round, like near the second round area. Um, and you know, he's a playmaker. He's definitely a playmaker. And I think that's one area like he's his ability to create turnovers. Um, you know, he's been consistent throughout his time at UCF. Uh, but th this dude's a playmaker. 
Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't scare people or intimidate people with his size or anything, but he's got mm-hmm. elite raw speed, elite raw talent, and he can, you know, put the pressure on you and as evidenced by, you know, his turnovers. He had 15 total turnovers in in his career in his three seasons at UCF, 10 of those being picks, five of those forced fumbles. So I mean, the guy gets after the ball, he knows how to locate the ball. If he needs to get the ball out, he can do that as well. A total of 290 tackles and 17 tackles for loss from the safety position is pretty incredible. Um, It's pretty, pretty, you know, it it stands out to me that he's able to have that much protection and fill that stat sheet as much as he did three years at the size that he is. So um, that's a lot going on for him. But, you know, when you look back at the not so, you know, good things that, that you look at with Richie Grant is um, he, he was the only star that's shown on that team. So what is he going to, you know, have to do when it comes to the NFL when you might not be that star in the secondary? You might not have to be that guy. Are you going to start taking plays off because you're not that guy? Is that something to worry about or not? And back to the intimidation factor, he's not a big guy and he's not going to really scare big physical wide receivers over the top. Yeah. And like, I, I think one thing that really stands out is, you know, how he's really, really improved in pass coverage. And I think his, con- I think you want to talk about consistency, especially in coverage, I, I, in like various coverages, I should say. I think it's definitely Richie Grant. He's not the most physical. I think you had kind of alluded to that as well. Um, doesn't have an elite body frame, but, you know, he definitely has the talent, the speed, um, and, you know, the hip flexibility, to, you know, keep to keep up with those receivers and, you know, defenders to make people, like, you know, almost overlook that case. But if he goes to a team that's going up against opponents twice a year, you know, going into it, say, a pass heavy offense, I think that's where Richie Grant is going to excel. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll probably be a day one starter. <laughs> ultimately, um, I, I think he's overall that solid of the safety that he can be able to do that and fill his spot somewhere. Uh, I'm putting him probably his height, his ceiling to be drafted is right where you said, Sam, middle, second round, maybe. Um, but I think it's more likely he'll probably go into third at some point, maybe early third. You can go ahead and grab Richie Grant. Um, but with that being said, we'll move on to a- another safety here. And Javon Holland, who is out of Oregon, about 6'1", 207, um, extremely fast. If you've ever watched Javon Holland play or watched any of his film, he's extremely fast. And he's also another one of these safeties who has been able to produce when it comes to the stat factor over their career in college. Yeah, this is another guy that I was a little bit surprised to see him in first round box. There's a lot of analysts that are very, very high on Javon Holland. Um, You know, there's, we've gone through a few safeties, one or two right now that don't possess the elite body frame and Javon Holland is one of them. Um, You know, I mean, we'll get to two hybrid guys, you know, two of our favorites, um, you know, coming up here, but um I'm anxious to see what some of these guys that, because I mean, he's 207, he's thin. He doesn't have, you know, a big size, prototypical size for a safety. Um, But, you know, he's his, I mean, I think the biggest thing that definitely stands out to him is his vision Um, and his his ability to, you know, react and diagnose plays like that. Right. And he opted out this past season, if I remember correctly. So we, we didn't get to see, you know, the production this past season, but you know, you get to see him at his pro day and what he was able to do there. But looking back at his previous two seasons there with Oregon, um, combining for 108 tackles with nine interceptions and in two seasons before his most recent season, in which he opted out, that's great production in two years from the safety position. Like you said, he's not really a, a type of safety to come up and stuff the run or stop the run, particularly every single play. He can do it, but you probably want him in more of a role like we were talking about with Trevon Morig, where you place him at free safety 
let him wander his space and be able to create, you know, splash plays and create those turnovers that defenses need to be able to get the offense back onto the field as soon as possible. Right. And like, you know, going back to his, you know, body frame and what you had alluded to his ability to play free safety and kind of roam around and be that guy that makes plays out of nowhere. You know, I think if a team can, you know, find where he like find his niche, find where he excels, um, you know, with his body frame where they don't have to worry about it. I think that will be very, very key and very crucial for a lot who, whichever team drafts him. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to keep, you know, beating a dead horse here or anything, but, you know, this keeps coming up with some of these guys. They're not necessarily thumpers. So that's really one of the question marks that come into play here with, um, excuse me. Wow. I just totally <laughs> lost my thought on who we were talking about. Um, Javon Holland. It's all good. Javon <laughs> Holland. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Javon Holland. That's one of the only things you got to have to worry about with him as well. Um, is, you know, beefing up a little bit, sitting at 207, like Sam mentioned before. That's really what you want to look out for when it comes to, you know, these safeties and, you know, their production once they move to the next level and if they're able to develop into NFL-type players and size and things of that nature. Um, with that being said, we'll move on to a name that maybe a lot of people don't know and he wasn't necessarily on everybody's radar, and that's going to be a safety here out of Indiana. So he plays in the Big Ten, and that's Jamar Johnson. I'll be honest, I don't know too much about him, but he's definitely been one of the draft risers. Um, so if you want, um, I can have you start with this one. Yeah, he was, you know, pretty big part of Indiana kind of get back into this group of being you know, decent at football and get back to playing good football and all of this. And we've start we've started to see that come around here, especially this past season. Um, on the network coming in here saying, "What's up? What's up? Unwrap me." Was <laughs> that? Perry coming in here too, the the founder and my co-host of my show after this, hopping in here saying what's up to us. We appreciate all you guys for coming in, watching us, hanging out with us, breaking down our last group of prospects when it comes to the positions um, here, the safeties. We might do a second round draft, um, mock draft, excuse me, come next week. We haven't quite decided on what we want to do yet, but we're throwing around some ideas. So you guys stay tuned for that as well. Um, but yeah, Jamar Johnson, he, he's kind of been that solid anchor to rely on for the Andy, Indiana defense on that side of the ball. In the Big Ten, you don't get a whole lot of passing necessarily as much as you do run, um, other than when you face like the Ohio States or things of that nature where they utilize the pass off of the run a lot more instead of just run, 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 then throw. Um, so he's going to have to improve as a tackler, but all over the field. He likes to make plays, tons of breakups. He, he's great at breaking up the ball. So he knows how to read the ball when it's in the air and maybe his instincts just improve a little bit more. But what it really comes down to for him is improving as a tackler. He had a lot of slipped or missed tackles um, throughout his past season. Um, you have anything else to say on Jamar Johnson before we keep going? No, I was just going to say, um, you know, the Big Ten was very disappointing this year. Yes, it was unfortunate because of COVID. Badgers were disappointing. We saw a lot of teams come out. I think Tom Allen um, should be commemorated more than he actually was. Uh, I mean, he definitely was given credit, but you know, Tom Allen with with the you know roster that they have, which isn't amazing, but it's not terrible. Um, they do have the greatest name in college football in um, Watt Piler. Uh, there was another guy from Auburn. I had oh Smoke Monday. Uh, shout out to both of those guys. Great names <laughs> right there. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, Tom Allen has done such a great job at um, Indiana building that team. And, you know, one of those guys, 
Um, Indiana, who had almost beaten Ohio State um, this past season, was Ty Freifogel. I think I was. I think I remember talking to you about him, um, and he decided to come back to school. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna get to. I get. I'll, I guess I'll make my point on like thinner, smaller guys. But once we get to a guy like Adarius Washington, um, but yeah. Yeah, and he, the reason why Jamar Johnson is not really known amongst, you know, a lot of draft people, or I mean, I guess draft people do know more about him than your everyday fan, or I mean, speaking to the everyday fan, you might not know about this guy because he didn't really start producing a whole lot until his junior season, where he put up 42 tackles and four picks and four breakup passes as well. So that's where you saw that really come to play. And then he's kind of risen up after pro days and things of that nature as well, his performances outside of that. Another smaller type guy, smaller type build, six foot to the 205. So not very big, possesses elite speed, athleticism, great instincts, like I mentioned before, is always there to try and pass breakup balls. Um, he's not going to be, you know, one of the top safeties in the draft, but he's going to be able to provide for a team that needs some safety help. I mean, you look at teams like the New Orleans Saints, they obviously need safety help, but that's somebody you're going to look at with Trevon Morig there in the first round, maybe late first round. So, um, you know, something to keep an eye on, but. Yeah, again, another thing with him, his tackling, he's got to really sure up on that. Um, he'll learn that, hopefully, once he gets into the NFL. But, you know, that's where we're sitting at right now with Jamar Johnson when it comes to his draft prospect. And maybe you can look around, give you an idea of where you'll see him, you know, maybe middle third, early fourth, somewhere around those areas if you want to keep an eye on Jamar Johnson if your team is in need of one. Um, with that being said, we'll move on, and we're going to move on to the other TCU safety so i don't remember exactly which position of free safety or strong safety each one of these guys played because they were both all over the field all the time and you could even say darius washington might have had a better season this past season than trevon morig did but um with that you know obviously we're talking about darius washington here the other tcu corner go ahead and tell us a little bit about him sam um you know this is a this is the guy that kind of wanted to get to with you know undersized and i think that's where he's going i think that's where that's that's going to hurt him um and there's a difference between between you know being thinner being you know lighter because what i was going to make about javon holland is a 207 guy they have from until they get drafted i'm not even saying safeties like you can even take Devontae smith for example who waited at 170 which i was very surprised to see you have until week one to basically bulk um and to me, that I mean, that that's absolutely plenty of time. But I think what's going to hurt Adarius Washington at the next level, granted, he does have these the traits that will make him excel, um, that he will excel at, and that are worthy of being, um, you know, known and not overlooked at the next level is his speed and his vision, and he's physical. But you know, he, he is undersized, and I think that could see him potentially fall very early day three. I would definitely say he's a third to fourth round draft pick. Um, but you know, these TCU these TCU uh, safety duos of Trayvon Morgan and Darius Washington, um, they nothing short of impressive throughout their careers as a Horn Frog. Yeah, apparently TCU just produces defensive backs at every position year in, year out. We all know this. It's one of their things that they're good at, like you're talk like we have talked about before with, you know, Northwestern defensive linemen, Washington defensive linemen, you know, things of this nature, Wisconsin offensive linemen, that type of thing this is kind of what you look at when you look at Texas Christian University and it's their DBs and they always produce. Um <laughs> This guy pretty much cleaned up after everything that Trevon Morig wasn't able to get to or do, and he made his name known off of that. He was just kind of your cleanup guy, and he did a great job at it. 
um, accumulating 83 stops over his past two years in tackles. Um, he always is playing with a motor that you don't see very often from safeties that play the way that he does. And I think he's, you know, he has to compensate for that lack of size, which is obviously his downfall, like Sam had already mentioned. And that's something that he or you are going to get out of this guy is he's going to play at 100 miles per hour every single snap. And he's going to make the right play. He is always there to make the right play when the play is needed. Um, he plays, he doesn't have an elite speed, but he's got speed. You know, when you see him on the field, he looks like he moves faster than he actually probably does. And that's good. Um, and the same thing coming up with concerns is obviously NFL size, NFL look. He doesn't necessarily have that. So he's going to have to make up for it somewhere else. But overall, I think you're right, Sam. You're going to see a Darius Washington falling somewhere probably in the fourth round is where I would imagine for him to go. Um, but, you know, he can take big shots. He can give out big shots. He can clean up the plays when you need him to. He's kind of that all-around versatile safety that a lot of, you know, NFL teams can use, and they can grab him, you know, in the fourth round. That's a nice little pickup spot. You there, Sam? We lose you? Yep. yep. I'm here. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought, thought you were uh, out there for a second. Uh, um, but, but that's probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll try and get this under control, guys. Sorry about that. But we'll move on here, and we'll go on to a safety out of USC, I believe. Um, and that's Talanoa Hufanga. Um, I didn't butcher names. I'm getting better at the name thing, Sam. I'm really proud of myself. But, <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about the guy out of the Pac-12 there from USC. And first, I mean, this is this is one of our favorites. This is, my, this is my one of my favorite guys out of the Pac-12. I praise the Pac-12. Um, all season because you know there's so much young talent on this um, in this conference. But you know before I before I go to to uh, Hufanga, um, I just want to make a point about Darius Washington. You had expressed versatility. A lot of people have seen him his ability to play corner. I'd be curious to see if because I mean he's five seven one seventy eight. What his primary Where, position? Are you serious? I have him at I have him at six six foot one ninety nine. Six foot one ninety nine. I've seen. I feel like I just looked at five seven, one seventy eight. Unless I'm looking at, the, yeah, I see five seven one seventy eight. Um, unless that's maybe what he weighed in at. Um, I mean, you, know, you could see in. you could see him probably anywhere in a range from that. I would imagine. I mean, either way. I mean, it's it's fluctuating under two hundred pounds. So I mean, I mean, I'd be curious to see you know, what his primary position is going to be in the future. He might be drafted as a safety, but team, whoever drafts him might feel, might feel more comfortable putting him in the corner as a corner, as a nickel. Um, so I think that'll be very interesting to watch. And I think his versatility very well could end up have getting him drafted late day or late day two. Um, and I think that'll be one big reason if he does get, end up getting drafted in the third round. But you know, going back to Hufanga, unless did you have a point to make about Washington? Sorry? I'm, I'm here. All right, sorry. Did you have a point to make about Washington? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I was, I was, I'm on Hufanga now. We're good. Do you have something to say about Washington? No, no, no. I just finished. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, Hufanga, um, unlike a lot of these other guys, Hufanga is one of those better tacklers. Um, I mean, not they're all pretty good tacklers, but you talk about a safety who knows how to tackle. This kid knows how to tackle, so it really plays well into his hands for him. The hard part, you know, the really concern here when it comes to the NFL and everything of that nature 
is how is he going to be able to hold up? If you can, you know, guarantee that he's going to be healthy for five years, then great. You know, that's fine. But at the size that he is and the, you know, the tenacity and the, and everything that he plays with and he throws him, throws his body at people. If you've watched his film, he just doesn't care. He plays with a very reckless abandonment. Um, he's that sort of type of player and he gets himself hurt a lot of the times. He gets big shots taken on him because he just throws his whole everything into it. And you got to love that from a safety, but also at the same time, it can be a hindrance if it takes you out of the game. First, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is one of my favorite guys just because he's physical. He's very physical. And then, yeah, I mean, his – thank you, Matt Skura. Shout out to Matt Skura, our commissioner of last week's mock draft. Go and check that out if you haven't. Um, but, you know, there's two hybrid guys that I think – there's two safeties that I think could be potential hybrid guys. Um, and I think one of them is Talanoa Hufanga. Um, the other one's Nasrul Dean, which we'll get to. I think he's got the more prototypical size for one. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing that definitely stands out to, you know, Hufanga is he doesn't have that elite speed. He's still quick, absolutely, but he doesn't have, you know, this top elite speed that people are looking for in a safety. Um, I wouldn't be too shocked if he falls uh, to the fourth round, but I would definitely put him in the third to fourth round area um, you know, the same where we have predicted, um, Darius Washington to go. Um, but yeah, th this dude is just absolutely physical and, you know, he was one of the top tacklers. He might've even been the top tackler, um, this past season or so, um, as with, with the Trojans. Yeah, he, he was really good, you know, for them. He, he was a really good ball stuffer, run stopper, you know, preventing big plays from happening for them. Probably kept them in a few games that they could have given up. Um, so he, he overall is a, is a great overall prospect. I, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to him. Maybe that is because he was in and out of the lineup. It wasn't, you know, consistent yeah. being able to see him do the things he was supposed to do. Um, but we'll move on to my guy. Um, this, is, this is my guy, um, my safety from Florida State. Hampson Najwadeen and Sam was just talking about him, how this is one of those hybrid type players that you could pretty much put anywhere on the field on the defensive side besides the line. And he would probably be able to excel and do well at whatever position he is placed in sitting at six, three, two fifteen. What are your thoughts? Because I'll, I'll just round it up with, with Hamza, but your, your thoughts initially on Hampson Najwadeen heading into the NFL draft. You know, he came off an ACL tear and I think it's, unbelievable like what the amount of production that he was still able to produce coming off an ACL tear and I guess my question for you is and this is kind of where I kind of see he doesn't have elite speed do you think that part of the reason might be you know kind of the aftermath factor or the side effect of you know coming off an ACL injury because I don't think that having that you know possessing that elite speed because I think he could go as early as the second round I've even seen him as a first round mock I think he's going in the second round um, and, you know, I think people saw him as a hybrid, um, you know, they want to say it was the senior bowl. I think it was yeah. the senior bowl that people viewed him as, you know, more of a hybrid guy, um, the, based on how, and you know, how much he was able to produce against these top level NFL prospects. But yeah, th this dude, he plays tough too. And, you know, I mean, I think you just said his size, um, excuse me, six, three, uh, 213. And I think you had mentioned too, we were talking about that after the senior ball is 
that is an area where you believe he could be put as a hybrid guy and a guy that, you know, really possesses a lot of versatility. Yeah, he absolutely can. Uh, he is one of my favorite players. He overall great character, so that that is going to help him in the draft. He is known as being a solid man and person inside the locker room, so you know what you're getting in that as well. Um, and obviously, the the major concerns here for everybody is what uh, is up with this ACL? Because you know, prior to the ACL tear and him blowing up his knee. He was projected to be a late first round, you know, pick and maybe the number one overall safety even ahead of Trevon Morick. And then the ACL happened. He, he missed in the, if you remember, it happened at the end of the year against Florida. And then he missed the whole, and then he missed pretty much the whole entire next season and played maybe two games at the end of the year. So it took him a while to get back from this injury. I don't know if it was just, you know, the Florida state staff taking it easy knowing what type of caliber type of player he is and can be when it comes to the next portion of his life heading into the NFL. Um, but you look at him on his pro day, still ran a four, six 40. Um, so he can still move. So, you know, he doesn't possess the elite speed that, that, you know, some safeties do that we've already talked about, but it's speed, especially at six, three mm-hmm. to be able to run, to be able to run like that and play, play safety as well as coming off an ACL tear that happened a year and a half, two years ago. That's pretty, you know, good. It, it's not impressive, but it's good. Um, but yeah, back to talking about Hamza and his versatile role that he can play at. at he, you can put him at free safety. You can put him at strong safety. You can put him at an outside linebacker position. You could do whatever you really wanted with him because he can keep up with guys in the middle of the field. He can come over and lay a hit. And mostly, unfortunately, we didn't get to see a whole lot of the you know, stat stuffing in terms of, you know, the playmaking ability, like some of these other guys with the interceptions, the forced fumbles, all of this and everything. But that's partially because Florida State's defense wasn't, hasn't been great. You know, they let people through. They're letting people rip off big runs. They're letting big passes happen over the middle of the field. And who's always the last guy there to be able to stop them? It's always been Hampson Nashville. And you and I have talked about this before on our show. That's what he was kind of, I think, even to be like, to start our show when we first started the show, we were talking about this with him is that Florida state's defense just didn't give him any other thing to do, but make tackles. So you look at the guy's stats and it's all tackles. He has so many tackles. And so, you know, he's a for sure thing when it comes to that and he'll put his helmet down and, you know, make it, make a good hit on you. It's not anything explosive or anything like that, but overall a well-rounded hybrid safety outside linebacker, if you want to even put him there, cause he has played that. He played it at Florida State for a bit when Willie Taggart was our head coach. Um, but, you know, moving forward, looking at, you know, where specifically he'll drop, I think probably third round, you know, <clears throat> seems about right for Hamza. Maybe he can sneak into the second round. Maybe somebody wants a versatile type playmaker like he is or, you know, just a solid overall guy like he is on that side of the ball when it comes to doing what's asked of him in, in that type of play on the defensive side of the ball. But I really like Hamza. I'm always, you know, been a huge fan of him. He's a fan favorite. So, you know, we hope he, he goes, you know, at least somewhere respectable and, you know, it's in a good fit. Yeah. And especially because of his ability, you know, his versatility all around the secondary, you know, strong free safety, even outside linebacker. And I think if he ends up falling, you know, closer to the third round or anywhere near the third, I think teams are going to take his injury, uh, his ACL tear, you know, with his, you know, might limit him from playing areas, certain areas, but, um, you know, I'm curious to see what his primary position ends up being because, you know, he's explosive and he plays very, very physical and tough. 
and you had just mentioned, and you definitely know more than I do because you're a big Seminole fan, but, <laughs> um, but you know, you've watched him numerous times play outside linebacker and, you know, would that be an area where he like teams whoever drafts him might see him excel at and, you know, bulk up a bit, 15, 10, 15, 20 pounds, and maybe not a day one outside linebacker, but, you know, potentially within like being a guy to groom, you know, starting off as a strong for free, strong safety, wherever he may be put and kind of grooming and working his way in as a rotational linebacker while he's being a playmaker at the safety. Yeah, getting his feet underneath him because, you know, not only are you still coming off that injury, but you're you're transitioning to a different level, different speed of game. So I, I think that's a good look for him too, Sam, when you when you go out there and mention that. And we're going to stick here with, you know, these big safeties, you know, a bigger guy here as well. And that's Divine Diablo. He is a safety out of Virginia Tech. He is a monster, um, 6'3", 226. You want to go ahead and give us the lowdown, Sam? Yeah, this is another guy. I mean, I feel like I've seen him Twitter too. Um, you know, been been very, very high on him. And this is another guy, like you just mentioned, a guy that we have seen. You know, I I shouldn't say seen, but has the prototypical size to play farther up front, to play linebacker. Um, and you know, I think where he'll excel, I I personally think his quickness and his vision might be, you know, back at the safety area. But you never really know. I think I think his versatility is definitely another area that definitely stands out uh, when you talk about a guy like Divine Diablo. Yeah, he's another one of these tweener types. We were just talking about Hanson Asherdeen. It's kind of what you look at here with Diablo as well. The difference between him and Asherdeen is, is he's got the size like Ham does, but he runs much faster. He runs a 4-4-40 a um, at the size that he does You know, possess on top of him. He's come up with 194 tackles, 11 tackles for loss in the past three seasons um, and had four picks in, in this past season. So he improved as a pass defender and playmaker in, in his most recent season. So, excuse me, that's good to see that development, you know, heading into the NFL draft for him. Probably a riser that you're seeing here, not well-known name that's starting to move his way up draft boards because of what he was able to do in, in his testing, what he's able to do this last year in his overall form of things. He's a good tackler. He will come up and thump you, much like we were talking about with, with Hamsa. He's pretty much the same guy, and that's kind of a problem that comes into play with these NFL teams. Do they want that type of guy or do they not? Um, it it's, depends on what type of defense you run, and all kinds of different factors go into that as well. But um, that's the only really downfall that you can put on him is that he's kind of a, a tweener guy. Where do you put him outside linebacker, safety? Um, that's the only really downfall that you're hearing from NFL scouts and a lot of people out there who are covering Yeah, and I feel like another thing you've been hearing about Nadine, which you know potentially could be, you know, his flexibility, his mobility coming off of his ACL tear, you know, is his hip flexibility, and I think that's another area where you see Divine Diablo a lot more polished in. Um, and you know, you look for a team you had just mentioned. Our team's going to want a hybrid guy, and you know, when I think, I really, I would love Hufanga, depending on you know when he's available on the Green Bay Packers. Remember, they had fired Mike Pettin shortly after the conference championship game, and they now bring in Joe Barry. And, you know, does because we, we've had – they drafted Josh Jones a few years ago, and a lot of people saw him as potentially being worked in as a hybrid guy. Now he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I mean, we don't have a hybrid guy. We don't. I mean, we have Darnell Savage as the strong. We don't have a. I mean, we re-signed Will Redmond, but I think that's a depth piece. I mean, we need sec- the Packers need secondary help, and you know, re-signing Kevin King. Honestly, I wasn't that upset about it because it's an incentive deal. If he performs at this level, he gets this amount of money. It's very similar to the Devin Funches deal um, before he had opted out um, last season. Um, but, you know, that, I mean, the Packers, if you want to talk about a team that could potentially use another hybrid guy because Josh Jones didn't live up to his expectations, why not look at some of these safeties like, we were with, like we've been talking about here? Yeah, it, it makes a whole lot of sense for you guys to do that. You need help anywhere you can get it on, on the defensive side of the ball there in Green Bay. Um, but we'll move on to perhaps a lot of people's favorite guy to talk about or watch. And he, he's from a smaller school in Syracuse coming out of the ACC there. And that's going to be Andre Sisco, possesses great size, 6'1", 216, prototypical safety. And the one thing that you see immediately when you put on his film or watch him play is his aggressiveness. Tell us a little bit more about Andre Cisco. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who he had said. I think it was Jamar Johnson, um, you know, being a rough tackle. I think this is another area where, you know, I would say Cisco's a little bit more polished in this area than Jamar Johnson is, but he's still, I mean, he, his technique, I would say, is an area that stands out, um, you know, as a potential very, very minor weakness. Um, but, you know, like you just mentioned, Caleb, you know, he's explosive. He's very explosive and he, you know, he plays – I don't want to say like instinctive, but you know, he, he plays in terrific coverage. It's almost, it's almost overly instinctive, like coverage, or yeah. like how he plays when you watch him. It's almost like it scares you. You're like, don't foul, like don't don't get a penalty because mm-hmm. like he's just flying in there just at an ultra light. I don't know, like he just is is extremely good at at playing his position and, and does it extremely well. But I think that could hurt you coming to the NFL because things are a lot closer you know, contact and things of that nature, a lot more calls can go your way. So he's also played himself out of place before over being over aggressive. So that's something to keep an eye on here too with Andre Cisco. Obviously the stats stand out to you, you know, put up 136 tackles, 13 picks on 14 pass breakups, great stats all across the board. And that's just in two games and two seasons before he, he was out for the rest of the season. So um, that's great, great numbers there. But you look at that over aggressiveness, are you, is he going to be able to, not over overrun a an angle when a running back's coming right and to take the wrong angle when he's got to be the only guy to be able to save a touchdown because the wide receiver beat their corner the corner's laying there on the ground and now you got to be able to come over there and time this thing up perfectly or it's going to be a touchdown is he going to be able to take that next step and slow down just enough to be able to make the smart play instead of the big play. Cause he can make the big play. We know he can make the big play slow down enough to make the right play at the right time when mm-hmm. your team needs it the most. And I think what you're kind of alluding to here, Caleb, what it sounds like to me is, I mean, I feel like we, I feel like we didn't just, we just didn't get to this part of what one of the previous guys, but when you look at a guy like Andre Cisco, he's a guy that wants to make, he wants to be the guy that makes the big plays. And Syracuse, you know, is a smaller school. Syracuse is a basketball school. Syracuse was terrible this year, like they are every year for football school. But, you know, Andre Sisco was, you know, the leader of that defense. And when you look at a guy like Sisco, like we had both just kind of mentioned, he wants to be the guy that makes the big plays. And, you know, Andre Sisco is one of the only, you know, consistent 
defensive playmakers was, I should say, on Syracuse. Um, So, I mean, if he, depending on where he's drafted, and I really like the, I think you nailed it right there when you said, we know he can make the big plays, but it isn't the right play. Right. It's a perfect example when you look at Andre Cisco. That's why everybody falls in love with him. It's why everybody's so high on him right now. And he'll probably go high. He'll probably go third round. Like we're talking about, like a lot of these guys, a lot of these safeties are sitting right there. Take your pick who you want, you know, what type of safety do you want? But a lot of people are going to fall in love with Andre Cisco. And I fully expect him to go in the third round, maybe even late second, um, just because of the potential that he does have. If he can just tweak some minor things, he could be a great safety, you know, when we come to the NFL. But um, we're getting low on time here. Um, we're going to go on to our last guy, and that's a safety here out of Texas and Caden Stearns. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think this guy opted out, you know, during the season. Um, but I think one thing that stands out is his athleticism. One thing I want to point out here, as a free safety prospect, I've got this statistic right here. He scored a 9.64 relative athletic score out of 10. Um, and the stat here, this is ranked 28th out of 747 free safeties from the 1987 class to the 2021 class. Um, so, I mean, his athleticism, I think he's going to make him stand out. Um, I, if I had to pick where, I would definitely say near the fourth round range, very, very early day three. I think of his athleticism, maybe, maybe being a third round pick. Um, and I think that's a team that, you know, not necessarily might be desperate for a safety like like Caden Stearns, um, but you know, really, really value him higher than a lot of the other safeties that they think might be available come the fourth round. I think Caden Stearns is most likely your most solidified strong safety um, up to this point in the safeties that we've talked about because he is just so good at putting his head down and stopping the run. You look at his stats over three years, 173 career stops. Um, and then, you know, four picks as a freshman, that's a good number too. um, runs a four, four, which is great when it comes to his 40 time. So the real thing that he kind of has to work on is, you know, being able to be that guy in coverage. He's only had, he only had, I think two interceptions over his past two seasons while he was at Texas. So he didn't really make a lot of noise there in pass coverage on that side of the field. But when it came to stopping the run, he's fantastic. So he's your more true strong safety guy. If you're looking, you know, an NFL team, you kind of just want to add this guy to an already strong defensive back unit that you have. You want to have good corners. You want to have another good safety. It doesn't have to be a great safety. It could be another good safety. And then you could slide this guy in to be able to do what you need him to do because he's not going to be your playmaker. It's proven by what he does. He's good at stopping runs. He's good at tackling in space, things of that nature. Let him do what he does the best, and he'll do well when it comes to the NFL. I agree with you, Sam. I'm you know looking at Stearns somewhere here in the fourth round, early day, day three. Um, and that's kind of where I think he'll end up slotting in pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, this is another, he was a high school track guy and, you know, you're seeing a lot of, you know, high school or college recruits come in from being these like high school track or coming with the lead speed, I should say, which comes from them being multi-sport athletes. Caden Stern's coming from, um, you know, being a high school track athlete. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And that's going to do it guys for all of our, our, our 
prospects for this week. Again, this is our last position group preview for the 2021 NFL Draft. Next week, we're going to be bringing you something completely different. We've been doing first-round drafts at the first of every month. Now, we're going to switch that up because we just did one last week with the guys over at the Hard Count and Connie and CJ. And, of course, Matt Skura joined us in there as well to be our um, host or our commissioner, if you will. Um, so we might be doing like a second round draft, like I mentioned before. Um, we'll see if that's what we want to stick with or not. Um, but we're going to be bringing you guys some more content to leading up to the NFL draft. And then we're going to try and put a panel together with all the NFL guys, along with us college guys as well on draft day or, you know, before draft night or something like that. Um, so it'll be exciting stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Head over to Unwrap Sports. Follow Unwrap Sports on Twitter. You can follow both myself and Sam at our Twitter handles right there. Me at CHS Noel. Sam at Sam mm-hmm. underscore daring 68. Obviously follow Saturday standouts on Twitter at sat S a T standouts, uh, uh, uppercase U S N U S N's all <laughs> uppercase guys. Sorry about that. I had to remember for a second, but yeah, that's our, our handle on Twitter. Um, before we go, be sure to check out our Patreon, head over to patreon.com. Look up Unwrapped sports there in the search bar. You'll see all three levels. There it ranges from $1 to $10. Support us. We, we appreciate it so much. It keeps us up and running, helps us pay for the software that we're able to use to be able to hear and give you guys this awesome content. Um, but with that being said, Sam, anything else you want to say before we log off? Uh, no, man. And uh, no, no. I mean, it's been it's been a lot of fun, you know, break, breaking down these positions, you know, both of us kind of learning more about, you know, their weaknesses, which weaknesses are definitely, you know, for certain positions, I would definitely say are harder to pick out. Um, and you know, some people don't like the offensive line as much because offensive line is, you know, a little bit harder than other areas to look over, but, um, you know, there was definitely certain positions. I think you and I both had a lot more fun at, and that came with, you know, edge rushers, linebackers, uh, a lot of the offensive prospects, but you know, this has been fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. We, we didn't really know how it was going to, you know, turn out, but I think it, I think it turned out fantastic. I learned a lot about position groups that I wasn't as familiar with, you know, same as talking about offensive line. I was kind of one of those guys who didn't know a whole lot about the offensive line. I just know that Florida state's offensive line sucks. Um, (laughs) That's, that's all I know about offensive lines, but um, you know, Sam, you know, was able to, you know, kind of help me through that episode. It was awesome. Um, I had a great time doing it. I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. It's going to be a a fun time, man. Um, But with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you um, are still going to be watching some of the Unwrapped Sports Network, head over to our YouTube page. Head over to Unwrapped Sports YouTube page. It's awesome. We're going to be, or I'm going to be on Keeping It Blunt next with my co-host, Perry, also the co-founder of Unwrapped Sports Network. Um, You guys come hang out with us. We're going to be drinking. We're going to be um, smoking on a little things as well. So if you guys do that, participate in that, come join us. Um, We'll be talking sports, pop culture, all kinds of different news going on in the world today. Um, But thank you guys for tuning in to Saturday Standouts, and we'll see you next time.